Hello, you beautiful Americans. Hi, guys. Eh. Hi. Yeah. It wasn't as pedophile as the last one. That's true. The last one was a little bit... <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's all right. We all still love you, man. Oh, hi, peoples. How are you doing guys? on this semi-cloudy day? God damn it, Josh. It's we been have, a while since... We have two rules. And you fucking... And you fuck it up. Damn you. Only one of them. Damn you. 50%. Yeah. I don't know. We had some argument about the last episode talking about us old Epstein there. Some people thought that was political. Oh, God. Certain people. Certain six foot eight fuckers. Yeah. You know, there's a, there's a down one. We love the shit out of you. There's man. an addition to that story that I told one of our our loyal listeners that I would bring up. Oh. oh. Please do. Donkey Kong. That reminds me. Uh-huh. I, I, I came up with a, a new segment that we'll get to later, uh-huh. but uh-huh. I forgot to look uh-huh. up something for it. Uh-huh. Hey, shut up. <laughs> shut up, okay? Are you ready to go? Or do you want me to do today in history while you're looking at shit? No, I'm, I'm good. I'm good. Anyway, Kay. so there's a there's a rumor going around that uh-huh. not, only, not only did Epstein not kill himself, but Epstein is alive and well... In the Middle East. Oh? Yes. That's a twist. It's a twist. <laughs> it's a twister. Interesting. It's, it's a Twizzler twister. So the well, deal then. is, apparently from the get-go, Epstein was employed by some high-arc bigwig in the Middle East and was hired to traffic women and do what he did <coughs> Excuse me, in order to basically get dirt on world leaders oh yeah and now that he's is this like some jason born mission is. impossible it kind of is it kind of is huh it really is interesting huh? well mm-hmm. you know what i wouldn't put it past anybody i don't know i don't know all the details so i'm, I'm not going to get too far into it but you never know i like that one that's a good new one that's mm-hmm. a good theory Right. Epstein didn't kill himself just because like, he's alive. Just like Tupac. Yeah. You know, I saw the best Christmas ornament ever. It was a, it was a Christmas ornament, and it had Epstein's face on it, and it said, this ornament didn't hang itself. <laughs> 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 that is perfect. That's fucked up, man. Uh, okay. Yeah, now what do we got? For a while. What else you got? You want me, you want me to do today No, you go, you go ahead. So today in history, this is actually a pretty good one. Now, the history.com always throws me off because it says, at the top it says, updated December 3rd, 2019, original December 5th, 2018. How does that confuse you? Well, the original's from the 5th, but the update's on the 3rd, so which day did it fucking get released on? So they wrote it on the 18th. In 2018, on the 5th, but they updated it two days ago. This year. Yeah, two days ago. Because... Beyond a year ago. Could you not talk to me like I'm stupid? God. Don't be stupid. <laughs> yeah, you're right. I was stupid. <laughs> just, there's a simple fix to that problem. <laughs> I don't know. Sometimes you can't fix stupid. Just yeah. don't ask my wife. All right. So at 2.10 p.m., five U.S. Navy Avenger torpedo bombers comprising Flight 19 takeoff from Fort Lauderdale Naval Air Station in Florida. On a routine three-hour training mission, 19, Flight 19 was scheduled to take them due east for 120 miles 
north for 73 miles, then back over a final 120-mile leg that would return them to the naval base. They never returned. Why, do you ask? Oh, why, Josh? Please tell me. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I will. I will tell you, Jared. Okay. All right. Since you asked yourself for me. (laughs) (laughs) Just drink that. Drink that cream ale. Oh, wait, no, it's amber. This is my amber. All right. Drink that amber. It's my white dog. Mm -hmm. That's a good beer. It's so good. Two hours after the flight began, the leader of the squadron, who had been flying in the area for more than six months, reported that his compass and backup compass had failed. That's no good. And that his position was unknown. Unknown over water really fucking sucks from what I've heard. I bet. Yeah. The other planes experienced similar mal- instrument malfunctions. Was Ray- he in the Bermuda Triangle? Hush. Shut your, shut your mouth. You're going to ruin it for everybody. Sorry. That's why I was talking for you, because I knew you'd ruin it. Oh, so let sorry. me continue talking for you. That's why I talk for you, because I know you're oh, Josh, stupid please, shit. Please tell me, where were they? Please oh, continue, I, Josh. I got you. I got you, bro. <laughs> Radio facilities on land were contracted, sorry, contacted to find the location of the Lost Squadron, but none were successful. After more than two hours of confused messages from the flyers, a distorted radio transmission from the squad leader was heard at 6.20 p.m., apparently calling for his men to prepare to ditch their aircraft simultaneously because of lack of fuel. By this time, several land radar stations finally determined that Flight 19 was somewhere north of the Bahamas and east of the Florida coast at 7.27 p.m. A search and rescue Mariner aircraft took off with a 13-man crew. 13 minutes later, the Mariner aircraft radioed to its home base that its mission was underway. The Mariner was never heard from again. Later, there was a report from a tanker cruising off the coast of Florida of a visible explosion seen at 7.50 p.m. The disappearance of 14 men of Flight 19 and 13 men of the Mariner led to one of the largest air and seas searches to that date. In hundreds of ships and aircraft combined thousands of square miles in the Atlantic Ocean, the Gulf of Mexico, the remote location is within the interior of Florida. No traces of bodies or aircraft were ever found. What the fuck? Although naval officers maintained that the remains of the six aircraft and 27 men were not found because the stormy weather destroyed the evidence, the story of the Lost Squadron helped cement the legend of the Bermuda Triangle, an area in the Atlantic Ocean where ships' aircraft are said to disappear without a trace. The Bermuda Triangle is said to stretch from the southern U.S. coast across to Bermuda and down the Atlantic coast of Cuba and to Santo Domingo. Dude, that is some deep, epic shit right there. Hmm. Could you imagine if one of those guys on the flights... Like, I would like to think that they didn't die. They just went down in the Bermuda Triangle... And they're now living in Atlantis. I th- I Throw that in with your Epstein theory. Epstein's in Atlantis. <laughs> <laughs> Ooh, even better. <laughs> Plot twist. Hmm. Hmm. Fuck, I don't know, man. But dude, that's crazy. Like to lose all trace of aircraft and men and find nothing. Yeah, to not find anything. Not find anything. I mean, you get you never know with the government. They could find something or know something, and they're just not going to fucking say something. Like, oh, they went yeah. to Atlantis, and now the four-armed <coughs> freaking gecko beasts got them, whatever Atlanteans are now. Aquaman got them. I don't know. Oh, shit. I'd let Aquaman get me. <laughs> <laughs> God damn it. Uh, anyhow. <clears throat> Interesting, though, right? That's, so that's what, 27 people? 20. Yes, it was 13 20. and 14. Yep, thirteen. So yep, twenty-seven people and uh, six aircrafts, and, and those a boat. Are, 
and that was a uh, Mariner aircraft. Oh, it's an aircraft. Okay. Yep. Let me double check on that. Yeah, Mariner aircraft. So a 13-man crew. So I'm, I'm thinking I'm going to double check so on this right now. So 27 men and a big a bunch of aircrafts. Yep. Yeah, that's... Yeah, so a Mariner aircraft is... We're looking at... I, I mean, a good-sized fucking plane. These are all old-school Mariners. Hmm. But if it's a Mariner aircraft... I didn't realize they still flew these for the military, but it's one of those, um, one of those like big freaking boat planes. Like you can land the whole oh, fucking bitch right in the water. Okay, gotcha. That's what it is. It's a boat with wings. Yep. Uh. Would you think if you're doing a search and rescue, that would be in the ocean? Oh yeah. hell yeah! If it's calm waters, you can land that bitch right out there and you paddle your way out to your buddies. Hey man, look at what me. I hey, come to save today. Let's uh, get you out of here. Instead of just air dropping rubber duckies to him. Yeah. Yeah, you might. Coast Guard's on the way. <laughs> oh, dang it. Clicking on the wrong screen. Well, what do you got, man? <coughs> oh, the good old state of Oregon. Oh, God. Oh, the good old state of Oregon. I'll say, you know, if, if I was to choose a state in this out of Washington, Idaho, Oregon, and I had to leave, leave out of Idaho, I honestly might go be a cop in certain parts of Oregon. There. <laughs> wait till wait till I tell you this. <laughs> I might eat my words. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so, okay, the, sorry. The right. Oregon Supreme Court, as of November 24th of this year, mm-hmm. uh, passed down a ruling banning the police practice of officers using a broken taillight or a failure to signal as a PC as a time. basis oh. for scouting drivers for such things as illegal guns and drugs. They limited it to those two things. I don't know. The the main headline is Oregon Court bans random questions by officers during traffic stops. Uh, Let's see. The ruling instructs officers to stick to questions reasonably related to the reason the driver was pulled over. It effectively ends law enforcement's ability to turn a routine traffic stop into a fishing expedition for a more serious offense such as illegal weapons and narcotics. What case law came brought this up? I don't know. They're just saying just because we Dude, can. Oregon's one of those things. I don't think they need case law to do shit like this. They're just doing shit to do it. They're just unconstitutional. Yeah, a little bit. While the Clackamas County Sheriff's Office and the Salem Police Department said they were awaiting guidance from attorneys, police departments in Beaverton and Gresham, Oregon, as well as the Oregon State Police, were working on a training bulletin to inform officers across the state well see and here's the thing <clears throat> my question is, okay yeah so i've i've asked people when i've done traffic so i walk up you got anything illegal in the vehicle can't do that you know, anymore stuff like that can't do that anymore. You can't do that at all nope has to be reasonably related to the reason they were pulled over so what would be reasonable Oh, that person has two taillights out, and they made a left turn illegally. Oh, they must have illegal guns. Is there gonna be guidelines for that shit? I don't know. So it's just from what I from what I can tell and what I can read, it's basically just if it's not related to having broken taillights or making an illegal turn, then you can't ask it. What the fuck? 
You still want to be a Cobb and Horgan? Oh, no. Negative Ghost yeah. Rider. Never mind. I, I, didn't think I was just going off their ju- – I was thinking just their jurisdictional stuff. Because you're a cop in Oregon, you're, you have jurisdiction over the whole state. Yeah. No, they do do that, but <laughs> – You said do-do. <laughs> <laughs> but, yeah, no. They yeah. fuck fo- some stuff up. Dude, cop in today is just fucking – God. I wish – I wish we could be cops when our pops, like, they all first started doing cop Mm-hmm. Darrow's here. Anybody who watches a video of that random wave is not because I'm psychotic. <laughs> well, you are psychotic, J- but, but it had nothing to do with that. No, nothing. Yeah. But yeah, so that's my first article of the day. Well, then. Sorry, I got to add a... Dadgummit. Check on uh, the Air- doorbell. Airplane mode, Joshua. Airplane mode. Uh, um, I just want to see who's at my front door. Well, oh, Mackenzie went out to her car. Okay. Oh, okay. Anyhow. Um, wow. Damn. <laughs> so California and Oregon should just absorb each other. They should. Oregon is northern California as far as I'm concerned. Yes. Yes, it is. At least in that aspect. Definitely. But. Good times. Good yeah, time. no kidding. What else? You got anything else good? Oh, I got quite a few. Let me see how. Let me see how. I don't know where this one is based out of, but this is actually an older article from 2016 Uh that I thought was interesting. So, obviously, concealed carrying is just awesome. Highly recommended. Because fucking America. Because, yeah. And um, protect yourself like we preach all the time. Well, now that you mention that... Great, are you going to shit on that parade too? No. Oh. Sort of. Not not for you, but okay. for other people. Right. For the certain people out there that, that carry firearms and they're not chambered. Mm. Yes. Yes. You know, I think I think a little, you know, shout out to the buddy Josh there. We've actually talked about it a few times on the podcast. Um, I think we were talking about he just cannot get comfortable with carrying without one in the poop type. The, p- the, the, p- poop, the, poop. the poop type. <laughs> the poop type. <laughs> oh, shit. I'm sorry, uh, man. I am not talking about your pooper today. cut off. Okay, the pipe. Um, he can't get comfortable doing it? I think that was our last conversation. Maybe he's changed it since then. I don't know. After he Why? listens to this, he'll send me a message. I don't know. Well, he should read this article from AmericanGG.net. Mm-hmm. From 2016, father and son perish while dad struggles to chamber his empty carry weapon. Oh. There's surveillance footage that watches it, too. It is hard to watch. Well, I'm going to pull since we're linked up together. I'm going to see if I can find it. So, let's go through this article here. There are some people who are uncomfortable carrying in conditions uh, through... Oh, they got a weird way of typing but their concerns can usually be solved with more training, a holster, proper firearm retention, or simply a different weapon. Safety must always come first when carrying a firearm, but if you ever need a firearm to defend yourself and need it right now, many people who carry in condition 3 or higher assume that they have the type they have the time to chamber around when needed because it takes less than a second. 
Victim in this video below learned that half a second can make all the difference in the world. Yep. Uh, if you happen to be uncomfortable carrying a chambered weapon, don't start now. Just because you read this article online, go get some training, do some research, practice constantly, find the right gear that works for you, and be ready to defend yourself if and when the time comes. So this video here, I've got it muted because obviously I don't want to. But I believe it looks like the footage is in a convenience store. Uh-huh. Um, bad guys robbing him, and then dad pulls out his concealed carry pistol but because his adrenaline is so high he lost his gross motor skills yep that happens and he can't he can't rack it excuse me and before he's able to rack it um he gets shot multiple times jesus like yeah it's a thing i'm just gonna while you're did you find it I think so. So you wearing a blue shirt? I don't. N no. I have. Come on, pull up. I don't know why this is being stupid. But yeah. No. Um. Well, and it kind of goes on the note of chambers having one in the tube. It's also having the safety. We've talked about that before. Yeah. Well, it depends on. And that's that's a little different. If you practice and you're good with it, where it's just now, as soon as that gun's, as soon as your hand goes on that gun and you're clearing the holster, your finger's slipping that safety off, you can be just as quick. But you need to practice that way. Mm -hmm. You can't just put your, you know, go from carrying a Glock to carrying, shit, like a, a Sig or, Sig or, or nineteen eleven or something like that. Mm -hmm. Keeping your safety on, you go to pull that thing in a defensive situation, and you're not used to flipping that safety off. You're going to be like this guy, or worse, because you're going to start slapping that trigger and wonder what's going on. Rack your gun and until you realize you can't rack it because your safety's holding your slide in place. Mm. You know, shit like that. But, mm. so, no, um, guns are, unless you're carrying a high point, or, you know, the the first generation of SIG uh, P320 where you drop that thing and 99.9% .9 of the time it'll go off. Um, ah, you are true. very safe. As long as your tr holster covers your trigger, your gun's not going to go off. You're good. I'm sure there's some freak shit out there that could happen, but I appendix carry and I've appendix carried for five years now, six years, and never once have I. Well, I mean, everything's still in place. I'll just say that because yeah. that would be the first thing to go. Because if it wasn't, that would that would be bad. Baby four would not be on the way. Yeah, that's that's true. It would not. Mm-hmm. But. Carry one of the two. Israeli, they they called it Israeli carrying because that's the way the Israelis used to carry. Why? Yeah. I don't get it. Mm -hmm. I still don't understand it. They, they don't anymore because I think they found out that, that was a bad idea. Yeah. For someone, for a country that has the m most, oh, that's why it's because my browser's froze up. Um, the country that has the most badass hand-to-hand uh, -hand fighting, mm -hmm. like Krav Maga, yeah. you would think that they wouldn't pull some silly shit like that. Uh, yeah, but you can't be good at everything. No, no, you can't. You just can't. It's it's hard to. Think. I'm trying to exit these out as I go. Make sure I don't have anything old up here. Oh, what do you got, man? I'm doing all the talking over here. Israeli carry is a 
A colloquial term that refers to carrying a semi-automatic pistol with a loaded magazine inserted into the pistol but without a round in the chamber. If a person has to draw, they must actuate the slide as part of their presentation of the pistol in order to be ready to fire. There's a benefits and drawback argument on gunbelts.com that I'm not even going to look at. Oh, Jesus H. No, look at it. Let's talk about it. You want to talk about it? Yeah, we'll talk about it. All right. Benefits and drawbacks. If there's one benefit that says on there you won't shoot your dick off, I'm going to lose my mind. So why Israeli carry is good and why it is not? Let's see. Da-da-da. Israelis didn't invent, in fact, carrying a pistol with an empty chamber. It was widespread practice among military and police for a very long time. Fairbairn, one of the baddest men to have ever lived, recommended police carry automatic pistols this way in the 1940 U.S. Army Field Manual. Who the fuck is Fairbairn? Fairbairn. Advised the way of carrying the pistol is likely. Yeah. Um, so I'm trying to get to the... Oh, why it's good. Why is really carrying with an empty chamber is good? Largely because of its safety aspect. Oh, good gun off. safety dictates that fuck one shouldn't off. take no chances regarding the possibility of an accidental or negligent discharge. Keep your bugger hook off the bang switch till you're ready to send the freedom seed. <laughs> I, so, of course that's going to be the first one. Right? Of course. Granted, this isn't to say that a person can't carry with it around the chamber and be perfectly safe. I mean, at least they acknowledge that. Many, in fact, do and do so every day they carry. I do. Bingo, bango, bongo. In truth, carrying with an empty chamber is an older practice since it more or less dates from the first half of the 20th century. The drop safety, such as a firing pin block, didn't really exist at the time, so I understand this part. Though some pistols made today still lack a drop safety, and a discharge from a drop pistol was far more likely than an... Just don't drop your gun. (coughs) Excuse me. With a modern pistol. Even the trigger safety... If you have a good holster, why would you drop your gun? Right, exactly. Yeah. Sorry, my mind had to wrap around that very simple question because it was so simple. It was just yeah, s- simple. Are they talking about like people just putting the f- like a raw handgun just in their waistline, no holster, no nothing? Yeah, what was that? Um, Gangster was carrier. Was that an NFL player that did that? Remember that? Oh, Plexico he, Burris. Yes, he was in a club dancing around. He shot around. his dick off. He shot himself in the leg. Oh, he shot himself. In the leg. Look, I'm gonna look that up. What was it? Plexus. Plexico Burris. I think he played for the Giants. I think. Right. Let's see. But then people will argue the video that came out recently of that FBI agent that did the backflip on the dance floor and his gun fell out and went off. Yeah. Hey, maybe if you're carry- maybe if you're carrying a handgun, a don't drink or at least don't drink to the point where you're gonna start trying to do fucking backflips. Yeah. B, if you're carrying a gun, don't do a backflip. Yeah. <laughs> that was another one of those. I had to, it took me a second to wrap my brain around it because You'll it's get like, there. You'll yeah, get there. It's okay. yeah, really? It's just so simple. Um, my friends, this is his statement. <coughs> what happened November 28th, 2018. My friends and I stood at the bar for like five minutes and the place was packed wall to wall. The security guy suggested we go upstairs where we could be get a table and chill. It wouldn't be so crazy. So we did. And he led the way. The stairway was narrow and dark and everything was black. I had a drink in my left hand and I was walking right behind the security guard. The music was loud and I could feel the bass thumping the stairs underneath my feet. But I could barely see and I guess I missed a step and my foot slipped. My gun came unhooked from my belt and was sliding down my pant leg. My instant reaction was to catch it before it hit the floor and I reached down with my right hand to grab it and I guess my finger hit the r- hit right on the trigger because it went off. Huh. It was a Glock, 9 mil. The music was so loud that nobody actually heard the gun discharge, but I knew that it had because I saw the flash of fire through my jeans. 
and maybe it the bullet turned through your flesh. Well, maybe you felt the <clears throat> warm, bloody mess that you just made. Yeah. Yeah, he didn't have a license to be carrying a gun in New York, and that's mandatory jail time in New York. And it was also an issue because Michael Bloomberg, the mayor of New York City at the time, wanted to make sure the city court threw the book at Burris. <laughs> How much time did he get for uh, it? Let's see. Um, it talks about the Giants and their um, win over the Patriots in Super Bowl 42. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just guess how long he spent in jail. Five days. 20 months. Fuck off. No, he didn't. Yep. What? So in the end, Burst ended up pleading guilty to a weapons charge and was sentenced to two years in prison. The receiver who caught the game-winning touchdown for the Giants, blah, 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 ended up spending a total of 20 months in jail. After his jail stint, Burst played two more seasons. Oh, he actually went back to the NFL. No shit. Yeah, he did as oh. a backup. Burst said his gunshot stories reminded every player in the 2017 NFL draft class that they're not as special as they think they are. I mean, maybe he learned his lesson. Well, fuck, dude. Wow. Two years, huh, for carrying an unlicensed firearm in New York City. No, without a permit to carry it. Speaking of New York City, did you know, though, the NYPD just debuted on December 1st their own podcast? No kidding, huh? No shit. And I'm going to listen to it. So Heck yeah. The in- this article comes from Police One, which I fucking love Police One. Oh, yeah. Let's see here. NYPD rolls out a podcast about memorable cases as told by the investigators. Ooh, that could be interesting. The department chose three well-known cases and invited the officers who investigated them to tell their story. NYPD veteran Edward Conlon? I don't know. I probably just butchered it. And it's a simple name. Explains his over-the-edge average... Oh, get that out of the way. Uh, let's see. Chatting up cops in the department. New podcasts. It is called Break in the Case. The official NYPD department podcast that debuted in late October with a look at one of the NYPD's most chilling and memorable cases. <coughs> Excuse me. A five-part series on Baby Hope. The murdered four-year-old child was found stuffed into an igloo cooler in a wooded stretch off of the Henry Hudson Parkway back in 1991, a case that would take 22 years to close. Holy shit, that is a long freaking time. Oh, no shit, that's a long time. The widely covered story, rather recounted by a journalist, is told directly by the investigators who never gave up on the long, cold case. Dang. Go give that one a listen. Heck yeah. Breaking the Case, the official NYPD podcast. Breaking the Case. That's pretty cool. So I was at, on the note of police department podcasts. There's a couple out there, actually. So there's a podcast series called The Beat. Uh, right. Chief, have you listened to that one? Uh-uh. Chief Hansen. Han- sorry. Chris Hansen, Hansen, Dateline NBC. Negative ghostwriter. Chief Hassan Aiden from Greenville PD discusses his department's use of body-worn cameras, including the challenges. And that might not be very interesting. And then there's a SoCal Police Department podcast. Um, hoping the podcast won't cover new leads. Yeah, and then the NYD NYPD one. 
Well, I don't see why. If you've got cold cases that are like 10, 15, 20, however many years old, why not put them out there? Oh, exactly. No, I agree. What do you got to lose? Right. What's the worst that's going to happen? You're not going to solve the case? You already haven't solved the fucking case. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. And maybe someone just would start listening, and podcasts are getting really popular. They are. And someone's listening well, one day, pop. and they're like, oh, my gosh, you know, I think I might know something about that. Or that guy that they described, uh, that's my Uncle Bob. Mm-hmm. Bob's your uncle. Yeah, right. It's a good beer. It is a good one. But, but I think that even, well, there's that Netflix series. What was it? It wasn't Cold Case Files. Is that the one where, like, it was the start of the um, <coughs> Criminal mind stuff? So the one you're thinking No, about? that's Mindhunters. Mindhunters. Not that one. Um, I can't remember what it's called. But they did one-hour episodes documenting cold cases that took 20-plus years to solve. Uh-huh. And, like, they're freaking ridiculous. That's crazy, man. Could you imagine, like, say you were the guy who committed this heinous crime and 20 years had gone by, and you're probably thinking in your mind, and if you haven't repeated um, the offense, you're like, yeah, I'm good. And then all of a sudden, they track your ass down, and you're a 50, 60-year-old man, and mm-hmm. you're getting... You're going to jail. You're going to jail for the rest of your life. Mm-hmm. Well, speaking of that, there was... I think it's the first episode in the show was actually a really good one. This elderly couple that, like, the family owned... Uh, I think... I want to say it was in, like, Washington State. Mm-hmm. Um, the family owned a big logging company in the area and stuff like that. And grandma and grandpa went missing and were found murdered in the woods. And it took, I think it took about 25 years to solve. Who killed him? Uh, a pair, uh, two brothers that were from the town, um, that were like notorious fucking shitbags. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. And the, and the reason that uh, the case got solved is because a guy finally came forward 25 years later and said he was driving with his mom and dad down the road like uh-huh. in a two-lane highway right and they come up next to this car and it's grandma and grandpa on the front seat and the brothers in the back seat and so he saw them uh-huh. and then of course grandma and grandpa turn up dead so these brothers come and find this kid because i guess they knew who he was uh-huh. and told him like hey we know you saw us if you ever tell anybody like we'll kill you we'll kill your whole family um Awesome. You know, all this, that, and the other thing. Yeah. But, so, when they finally busted the case, the brothers actually had moved up to Alaska uh-huh. and were doing, like, a fishing job or something like that. One of the brothers actually died. So, they show up at this guy's house, the remaining brother, and knock on the door, and, like, he yells at him to come in or something, and he's, like, this old, decrepit fuck on oxygen, and when he, he looks up and sees the cops, like, from this old Washington town. Right. And the only thing he said is, I was wondering when you guys were going to show up. No shit. Yeah. Huh. It's like, it, damn, they don't, for, you don't forget about it. Right. Like you do something like that. You don't forget. Yeah. No kid. Yeah. No, you, you're right. You don't. And then he pled guilty. got life without parole. And then I think was in jail for like five or 10 years and then died himself. Hmm. That's crazy, man. I was looking at some cold cases out there. Um, maybe you know about it. January 15th of 47. The dismembered body of a woman was discovered in a vacant lot in Lemert Park, L.A. So surreal was the scene that the woman who discovered the body, Betty Bursinger, initially thought she had come upon a severed mannequin. The body was completely drained of blood and had seemingly been washed, and the face had been slashed from mouth to ear. Oh, the upper and lower parts of the body were placed a foot away from each other and were posed. 
hands were placed over the head, the elbows bent, and the legs spread. The intestines were tucked under the buttocks. Sorry if anybody has a weak stomach who's listening to this. Holy shit. After the authorities were called, the body was identified as Elizabeth Short, later known as Black Delilah, a 20-year-old aspiring actress who had been dating a married salesman. Six days after the gruesome discovery, the editor of L.A. Examiner, James Richardson, received an anonymous call. The caller told Richardson to expect souvenirs. Shit. On the 24th, a cur- curious envelope was discovered by you, the Postal Service, a worker. The envelope was addressed to the Los Angeles Examiner and the other Los Angeles papers. The letter contained shorts, birth certificate, photos, and other personal belongings. Holy shit. Must have been like a home invasion type of deal. Yeah. The note included location where the killer was supposedly show. And here it is, turning in Wednesday, January 19th, 10 a- January 29th, 10 a.m., had my fun at police. At police. Had my fun at police. So he, the guy who killed her wrote this letter, Black Delilah <coughs> Avenger. The note included the location where the killer would supposedly show up. The police waited patiently, but to their dismay, the killer never showed. The same day, another note was sent. Go figure. Right. Have changed my mind. You would not give me a square deal. Delilah killing was justified. Over the years, the police have questioned countless suspects and self-confessed Black Delilah's, Delilah killers. However, to this day, Black Delilah's murderer has not been found and remains one of the most baffling unsolved murder cases in history. You know what we should do? I'm feeling like we should add this on. There's a lot of cold cases out there. We should have a cold case of the day? Hell yes. Damn you, that was my segment that I wanted to add. Oh, well, son of a bitch. We're just, we're just well, linked up like that. Well, now that we have that one... Now that we've officially started that segment, do you have one? Because it's a new, it's a startup, so we can always throw two in there. True, it is a startup. The icebox murders. <coughs> I don't know. That's a pretty damn good one, though. That I don't is know pretty good. I yeah, think we, we should leave it with that, maybe. I think we should for today. Yeah. We should definitely do. Yeah. That there's a it, well. It says that statistically, one third of all cases go unsolved, and oh yeah, predominantly those are murders. Yeah. That's the weird thing. Is like people. I don't think people realize how many murders actually are not solved. Oh yeah, you figure thirty-three percent. That's a lot. Yeah, like that. Yeah. Well, you think for every hundred people murdered, thirty-three never, never get caught. Right. Never see their day in court. Never get their justice for their family or anything like that. Right. That's that's pretty unfortunate. But you got to think the the manpower, the resources. I mean, law enforcement in general already doesn't have that. And yeah. then you look at well, investigations and stuff. That's a branch off of law enforcement. Yeah. And especially general law enforcement. when the murders take place in like rural areas. Right. Then oh, yeah. you just have less manpower, less resources. Oh, exactly. And if it's, you know, and Not I hate to help. say it, but if you have one body in a rural area that comes up and, yeah, they can say, yeah, they were killed. Unless the FBI jumps in on it or you get the state police involved or something like that who have you know, more resources than your county mounties or, you know, the local boys. Yeah. It's. You're it's, pretty screwed. Yeah. They're going to work on it the best they can. But if they have other stuff, they've got to move on. And it's a shitty thing. I mean, people want justice brought to their families. And I think everybody deserves that. But it's, man, mm-hmm. today it's just not, not what happens. And it's unfortunate as hell. Oh, of course it is. Especially when it has to do with, like, children. Yeah. Children especially. Yeah. those. Man, you know, I, a murder is murder, but a fucking kid. Yeah. Unless it is, you know, the the coming back of Satan and Probably. you find him and then murder him. But you better be able to prove that. 
Yeah. Unless he carved 666 into your head and whispered demon shit, then fuck off. Don't kill a kid. Whispered demon. That's your... That's your only excuse for or justification for. If someone told you that I killed him because he carved six 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 in my head and he whispered demon shit, I'd think they were crazy. Crazy as fuck. <laughs> yeah, yeah. You're lying and you're crazy. Yeah, no kidding. So, oh boy, how oh was your Thanksgiving, man. man? Thanksgiving was good. Yeah, it was just the classic. Eat until I go into a food coma. Hell yeah, I pretty so much. I, I drank a decent amount that day. Um started off actually me and the wife started off playing uh yahtzee in the morning and i finished off a half bottle of petite syrah i think that's how you say it it's one uh by clearwater canyon oh yeah local winery oh yeah they they make good wine you got wine drunk huh well not really that was just like in the morning i was good half a bottle wasn't that wasn't horrible oh we ate a little bit of breakfast and then um but i finished off a half a bottle of knob creek uh maple bourbon oh that that was really good and that that got me that me got me a good buzz. That wore off after dinner, and then the mother-in-law gave me a glass of her white wine, which I only had one glass. It wasn't much. It yeah. was pretty good. Yeah. And then let's see, I had a little bit more bourbon, and the wife definitely drove home. And then I finished off the night, which was stupid. I finished off the night with a cider from a uh, was it ten barrel? I think if I remember right, I can't remember. Anyways, it was a really good cider, but that bubbly on top of everything that wasn't bubbly just shoved it all in my system and i was i went to bed very very comfy and cozy but (laughs) suddenly comfy yeah and i slept good but anyways uh where i was going with that is and i I don't think i've told you about it's called cheers Uh and they were featured on um was it shark tank yeah so it is cheers on shark tank shark tank is the one where they go before all the rich people right yeah so what it is is it's a hangover not really cure but it has a bunch of b vitamins and electrolytes in it you take three of these little pills and you pop them right before bed after you're done drinking take a big glass of water with it well that's what i do and i woke up the next morning the only thing i was was hungry i had no headache i had no stomach ache no feeling well, of a hangover. What, that's what they say. A hangover is really just dehydration. Dehydration, low electrolytes, you know, shit like that. Yeah. Yeah. yeah you're definitely. just missing. Because, yeah, you're drinking beer and whatever cocktail or whatever. When you start but drinking that shit, you kind of usually forget about water. Yeah. Well, you forget about water. You forget about, you don't, you're not drinking like electrolytes, vitamins, like all that crap. Right. But, yeah, no. Usually, I'd, like, I keep it. If I know I'm going to go out for like a heavy day of drinking. Like, I'll just keep, like, a Gatorade in the fridge. Yep. And then when I get home, I'll just drink that son of a bitch. Slam her down. Oh, yeah. yeah. And then wake up. And Something about red Gatorade is fine. what people say, say, but I've drank blue and white for the same thing. Whatever. It doesn't matter. Yeah. It all works the same. It's all the same shit. It's all the same shit. Yeah, that red 40, though, there might be some chemical components to it that make you glow. I don't know. Like glow in the dark? Glow in the dark, yeah. You were there at my last one of my last doctor's appointments where the doctor was saying talking about, talking CT. about radiation. And yeah, CT and he was saying stuff, yeah. one of the images he's gonna have to do on me was if they did this with a CT. He's like, that would make you glow. I'm like, man, it'd be kind of cool. The kids would think it was awesome. The kids would think it was sweet as shit, <laughs> right? But uh, oh man, yeah. I yeah, we're doing we're right on schedule for some hero talk, brother. Mm-hmm. Lay oh, it out there, man. Oh man. It's here. What do you got for me? Oh, today. We haven't done a medal. Well, we kind of did a Medal of Honor recipient last time. Yeah. Sort of. But he didn't accept it. He he didn't accept it. 
but he still got it, I guess. So, I'm jumping back on the bandwagon of Medal of Honor recipients. These are always good. We're going to talk about Mr. William Kyle Carpenter today. I know the name. You do know the name. Everybody the story knows the name. may not be as vivid in my head. Oh, gotcha. So, Mr. Carpenter is a corporal in the United States Marine Corps who, let's see, he's 30 years old. He's the youngest living Medal of Honor recipient in history. And he received his Medal of Honor. Youngest, you said? Yes, youngest living. Gotcha. Let's see here. Uh, Here's his citation, actually, for his Medal of Honor. Uh Uh-huh. While serving as an automatic rifleman with Company F, 2nd Battalion, 9th Marines, Regimental Combat Team 1, 1st Marine Divisions Forward, uh, I, Marine... Holy crap, this is a long title. Uh, In the... Helmand Providence of Afghanistan in support of Operation Enduring Freedom. On no, on the 21st of November 2010, Lance Corporal Carpenter was a member of a platoon-sized coalition force comprised of two reinforced Marine rifle squads partnered with an Afghan National Army squad. The platoon had established patrol base Dakota two days earlier in a small vis- village in the Marja district in order to disrupt enemy activity and provide security for local Afghan population. Lance Corporal Carpenter and a fellow Marine were manning a rooftop securely positioned on the perimeter of the border of the patrol base Dakota when the enemies initiated a daylight attack with hand grenades, one of which landed inside their sandbag position. Without hesitation and with complete disregard for his own safety, Lance Corporal Carpenter moved toward the grenade in an attempt to shield his fellow Marine from the deadly blast. When the grenade detonated, his body absorbed the burst of the blast, severely wounding him but saving the life of his fellow Marine. Uh, by, by his undaunted, undaunted courage, bold fighting spirit, and unwavering devotion to duty in the face of almost certain death, Lance Corporal Carpenter reflected great credit upon himself and upheld the highest traditions of the Marine Corps and the United States Naval Service. Damn. That boy laid on a grenade. Fuck. <laughs> if that doesn't scream, I am all that is man. I don't know what will. Well, it was interesting, and I especially wanted to look up this article um, <coughs> today because of... I recently watched like a longer interview with him mm-hmm. uh, where he was talking about like the situation. And he said he remembered... The last thing he remembered was being on the rooftop, but he doesn't remember the grenade... Most of the story of the actual event, he's just had to been told after the fact, what? because obviously they have to do like investigations and things like that. Um, but he said he remembers laying on this rooftop after the grenade goes off, and he just feels his eyes are shut and he feels warm, and he honestly thought that he was sleeping, uh-huh. and like people were messing with him and like pouring water on him. Really? Yeah. But really, the warmth that he felt was like his own blood. Oh yeah. And, and then fucking he, lived. Oh, yeah. And he fully credits, like, the fact that he's still alive uh, today to... And actually, for a guy that laid on a grenade, he does not look terrible. He does not look like what you would expect a dude that laid on a grenade to look. Yeah. I mean, yeah, he's got, like, a fake eye because he lost an eye because of it. Right. Um, 
and he's got like some scars on his face and his jaws a little bit not you squared know up squared up be. but all in all y- you laid on a damn grenade dude <clears throat> yeah like can. for for a guy that took a grenade blast looking pretty good damn um, but he fully credits still being alive to this day to the fact that, and it's it's unheard of, especially when you think about it, he went from the grenade blast to a military hospital in 30 minutes. Oh, damn. Yeah. Yeah, that's quick. That's quick extraction. He, and they just said it was, uh, it was just pretty much perfect timing. The rest of the Marines got to him. They got him off the roof. They got him to an evac chopper. And the chopper was just about to take off, and they had one spot left. Holy shit. Like, they were just about to lift off. Yeah. And they said, one more, and threw him on the chopper and got him to the hospital in 30 minutes. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. And then he bounced around from military hospital to military hospital, I think over the course of, like, three or four months. Dang. Like, obviously, it was a long... Did say how long um, he was in a coma for or anything? Obviously, it was a long recovery time. Oh, yeah. How long he was in a coma? Or if he was even one. I don't think it does. Yeah. No, or at least um, passed a resolution recognizing his service. No, it doesn't. Say. I'm sure. Hmm. I've, I've heard it in the interview, like how long he was in like comas and stuff like that. Because they had to do a, he went through, I don't know how many surgeries. Right. Um, to get to the point of where he is now. Yeah. But even just the fact that that Corporal Carpenter is still alive. Right. Holy shit. Yeah. That's pretty fucking incredible. That just damn. is a... Fucking goddamn hero right there, brother. Damn damn hero man right there. Oh, for sure. But, yeah. That's a short hero talk, but really it's just yeah. the basic story. Right, yeah. If you want to see the whole thing, go check it out. You. you said there's a, what's the documentary? Is it on history? It's just YouTube videos. He, oh, do, you, oh, he okay. does podcasts with people. Once again, I cut my left leg off to get him on our podcast. Okay. Um, I cut my left leg off to get quite a few people on a podcast, but they're all awesome. It's not like fucking Nancy Pelosi. Shut up! <laughs> Damn it, Josh! I have bro- officially broken both have, rules. You broke both rules in I one episode. I just spoke a person. I didn't just because she's a. I don't care. I don't care. Okay, fair enough. Damn you! One day she's gonna walk in here and be like, oh, so "I'm here for the podcast." No, <laughs> no, no! Don't even put that in my head. Good answer. Uh, yeah. Oh, God damn it! But anyway, heroes, cold cases, heroes, cold cases, freaking flights going down with missing men. airplanes, the Bermuda Triangle. It's been a good, well balanced. It's a well balanced breakfast. I don't know if I'd use balance for the right word, but that shit's good to chew on. It's true. Yeah. Very much so. It's true. But. Yeah. As you're finishing off the last now, drops of that beer. Now that I'm out of beer, it's time to go. Yep. It is. <laughs> Before I bring up another set. Before he breaks another rule that he already <laughs> broke both of them. and We're going to have to have a talk after this. Yeah. But, of course, thank you all so much for, for listening in this fine day. This episode's a little bit shorter, but we want to keep it as interesting as possible and once we run sure. out of once we run out of talking points that's kind of hard to do right start rambling and start rambling and dead air and it's just not a good time and you start talking but about Nancy Pelosi yeah god damn it Josh <laughs> <laughs> and so he does it again this son of uh, a bitch this son of a bitch right here 
All right. So but who are you voting for in 2020? Shut up. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I'm done. I'm done. But until next time, hopefully we'll be talking to you all again very, very soon. Uh, make sure to check out the Facebook, the Instagram, Strike Force Energy. Use the code Bill Blue. Get yourself 20% off. Helps us at all. Helps them out. Uh, enjoy the fantastic Merry Christmas. Screw mm-hmm. this. Screw this happy holiday shit. I yeah, don't like that stuff. But until yes, we talk to you next time, make sure you enjoy a fine fine hand-rolled tobacco cigar. Hell yeah. Drinks. Enjoy that time with your family on these holidays. Absolutely. Love the hell out of them. Drink some good liquor and spend some good time with people and take care of each other. Be good people. And we will talk to you next time. God bless America. <laughs>